podcast with some seniors, Ben and Tendi, Ben Revere, Garrett Richards, Risk Severe. I kick my league ten times a day. What else do I have to say? Will Myers will not stop homering. Meanwhile, Jose Abreu will not start homering. We've got both good and bad today on Worryometer Wednesday on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. And we have Chris Towers, who we talked a little trash about yesterday. He is here to hear this trash talk in person. Hey, Chris. Well, it's a good thing I didn't listen to yesterday's podcast then. And if you say anything cross about me, I will uh, fly to New York and I will fight you. Chris Cross. So how about that? Okay, fine. I won't say it necessarily about you. Wait, no, tell me, tell me. Uh, you just I have to defend, know. you have to defend your, uh, Jamison Tyone is as good as Jose Barrios thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. that's all. That's easy. That's all. And hey, Scott, how you doing? Hey, Adam. Hey. So nice to see you and hear from you again uh-huh. on this fine Wednesday morning. Very fine. And listen, a lot to talk about from yesterday. Eniel De Los Santos had a pretty good Major League debut. Steven Piscotti uh, has now homered in four straight games. He's 35% owned and has a 949 OPS since June 1st. We're going to talk about Alex Bregman both this year and next year. We'll run through the news and notes. Ken Giles was terrible again. And let's get started with Tuesday's standouts. And, of course, it has to be Will Myers. In his last four games, he is 7 for 17 with six home runs, including a three-homer game. He is now batting 298. Since his 2013 rookie season, he has not hit higher than 259. Uh, are you guys seeing anything from Will Myers to suggest that this is more than just a hot streak? He's obviously a good player, but is he uh, doing something different? Or is this just a really nice week or four days from Will Myers? He is striking out significantly less, at least compared to last year. And similar to two years ago when he uh, he had his best season in the majors. I I mean it's 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 mostly just he needed he needed to start hitting at some point, and he finally has. And it's 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 mostly a hot streak, I think, but it, it's a hot streak for a good player. Ironically, he does have the highest swinging strike rate of his career. He is swinging at more pitches outside of the strike zone than he ever has. I don't know if that's necessary. I think he's, I think he's Will Myers. He's, I think he's Will Myers who's locked in right now. Like all of the peripheral stats that we look at as far as the batted ball data, it looks elite. Like yes. he hasn't hit an infield fly ball yet this season. He's got a 53% pop hard up. contact rate. Pop-up, they're called pop-ups. Yes. Infield fly Very ball. low, very low soft contact <laughs> rate. Uh, he's also only played 28 games, so. Yeah. That's, alright. Yeah. So, uh, Will Myers is, is like what in your first base or outfield rankings? I've, I've probably moved him too wildly this season, because before this recent stretch where he's homered, you know, that, where he's homered every day, it seems like. Um, I had dropped him outside of the top 15 at first base, even in Roto, and I think outside of the top 40 outfielders. But he's he's now back in the top 30 in Roto and about not too far behind that in points. Okay, so would you rather have uh, Eric Hosmer or Will Myers? Uh, uh, Myers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about Eniel De Los Santos. He's 18% owned. Should he be owned in more leagues? Six and a third, five hits, three runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. And he only allowed one run through six innings. Ran into some trouble in the seventh, got removed. Uh, after allowing one run in the seventh and another run scored, it was charged to him, whatever. Anyway, a good start for De, De Los Santos at the Mets. 
Is he going to start again? I actually didn't see. Uh, he's 18% no. owned. No, no he's supposed to get sent down with Velasquez coming back. So, But we know he's next in line now, and there's reason to be encouraged when, when he gets the call again, which I'm sure will eventually happen. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on De Los Santos. Not a must-own, 18% own. And I'm just going to say, you guys can do the standouts after this, unless I'm taking all of them. Are we buying in yet, Scott? Are we buying into Steven Piscotty? Four straight games with a homer. I don't think Steven Piscotty's a player who can be carried by home runs. So I don't understand I, I'd your... I'd rather see multi-hit games. I don't understand your, your Steven Piscotty lukewarmness. Like, he was legitimately good his first two seasons. And not, not necessarily like three outfielder, uh, relevant, at least in his second season, but... Like, he had, he had one really good season. I really like the skill set. But it was a season where he hit 22 home runs with an 800 OPS. Sure. And it was, I, I mean, 20, 22 home runs in today's environment. Unless you're exceptionally good at something else, that, that's, that's only going to make you kind of useful. It's not going to make you somebody we really need to get excited about. And maybe he'll, maybe he'll be a useful player from this point forward, but, uh, his bad ball data is all, I, it's all better it's all than what? it was in 2016 for what it's worth. He has a higher line drive rate, uh, by far the best hard contact rate of his career, best soft contact rate of his career. So I I like the comment. I agree he's not a superstar, and there's there's no path for him to become a superstar. And so if or even just a regular old star, a plain <laughs> star. Um so if the argument is that there are guys who have more upside, a Michael Conforto or something, I think that makes sense. But Piscotti He's an, I think he's an above average hitter across the board. And I, as we saw in 2016, he can become better than the, the sum of his parts. Yeah. If you and, need to, like, if, if you need to win now, I, I you need to drop, you need to drop, uh, Conforto for Piscotti. But if you're just stashing someone, then no, you don't have to do that. Sure. Right. Yeah. I, I have no problem using Piscotti as a hot hand play. I just don't want to pin any real hopes to him. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. He's thirty five percent owned. Um, uh, last one, we had done this comparison a couple weeks ago. Would you rather have Stephen Piscotty or Randall Grichik? Uh, well, Randall Grichik hasn't done much for the last couple of weeks, so I'll go Stephen Piscotty. I think yeah, Randall Grichik so. has a a skill set that is more conducive to success in fantasy when things are going well. He also has a much lower floor. Yeah. Okay. So coming up on today's show, we got worryometer for a bunch of infielders: Abreu, Rizzo, Hosmer, Travis Shaw, Mike Mustakas, and then we have Marcelo Zuna as well. And a lot of them have one big thing in common: they are lefties, and they are struggling against lefties. And you wonder if the shift is really changing baseball, you know, a lot now. But what, I'll let you guys weigh in on that. Um, we are going to talk about Alex Bregman shortly. And Chris is going to talk about Tyone and Barrios. That's great. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, it's Wednesday, so... Not really about teaching, though. Did you hear the word school? <laughs> Schoolyard. Did you hear the word school? Adam's, Adam's having to stretch it Big-time stretch. That actually came from a yeah. listener suggestion, because I was just stumped. I... I 
I am running out of ideas. And I didn't want listener suggestions, but it is great the trade day and the word school was in the song. Uh, who else stood out to you guys on Tuesday? What about Eric Lauer? Do we have any interest in Eric Lauer, the best pickoff man in baseball? I think, have you just seen his pickoff numbers? No, but I, I think he, I think he has nine. Introduced, he has nine what? pickoffs. What? No. He had five in a row, I believe was a major league record, five games in a row. He has one in each of the last two games. And that's, I mean, that's more trivia than anything, especially from a fantasy perspective, but it, it does matter. Like, he's probably allowed, I don't know, 112, 120 base runners. That's like, that's basically taking 5% of his base runners off the bases. It's, it's not nothing. Yeah. But over his last eight starts since June 1st, he got off to an absolutely miserable start. I think he had two starts at cores early on or something. He had a really tough schedule, but over his last eight, he has a 233 ERA. Um, not a ton of strikeouts, but he's kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of interesting is is probably as far as I take I'd take it. Uh, he was obviously dominant yesterday against the Dodgers and had another kind of isolated good start against the Dodgers earlier this year. But even during this stretch that's been good, like you said, Chris, there haven't been a lot of strikeouts. There've been several sub six inning starts. I would say, did you say it was eight an eight start stretch or a seven start stretch? Last eight starts. Um, there have only been two great starts that would that made me take a second second look at him and wonder if this was a guy worth picking up during that eight start stretch. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. So Lauer is ten percent owned. So uh, why does he do well against the Dodgers? Well, look at this quote: "It's the Dodgers, man. Nobody likes the Dodgers. You want to get them a little more than any other team." So that's kind of funny, actually. Dave Roberts said that, uh, you know, the Dodgers manager said that Lauer's velocity was up a little bit more than it usually was. So maybe he was just amped up for this start. Would you drop? <laughs> Why does uh, he hate the Dodgers? I don't know. I don't hate the Dodgers. I, I think it's objectively false that everybody hates the Dodgers. <laughs> not the Yankees. Uh, would you drop like Mike Leak for Eric Lauer? Or is that just a lateral move? For- uh, yeah. I mean, we know what Mike Leak is. Eric Lauer could be anything. He could be Mike Leak. Like that. He- the upside probably isn't that much higher than than Mike Leak, but you're not starting Mike Leak every week either, so I don't yeah. mind dropping. Mike Leak is the, like the perfect pitcher to say, would you drop him for someone with some conceivable upside? The answer is usually when a yes, because nobody's running rushing out to grab Mike Leak when you drop him. You're not gonna miss him. He's not gonna hurt you when he's on your team. So okay, cool. I'll wrap it up. Thank you. <laughs> I gave Chris the wrap it up side. We do have a busy show today, a lot to get to. I want to grade some trades and read some emails. Uh, so let's read this email. Email of the day from Matt, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Dear Trebek, Graham Bell, and P. Keaton. Other Alexanders. Alexanders, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, can we calibrate the Bregnometer? On a scale of one to ten, Alex Bregman is a Top three third baseman rest of season, scale of one to ten. Uh, like a, uh, so how, how likely is he to be top three? Like if it's uh, a ten, then, ha- he, then you think he is top three. I would give him a – does less than five mean less likely? Yeah. I'll go four, okay. I guess. Like I don't think he will be, but he certainly could be. Yeah, I mean you've got him fourth. So exactly. that's close. Right. But that top three is real tough to break into. Although Alex Bregman he's over been the last second so far, right? Uh, I think he's Jose Ramirez. Maybe second in points, third in Roto behind Arenado. So, I don't know. It's close. 
over the last 365 days, he is tied with Giancarlo Stanton for the seventh best WOBA or weighted runs created in baseball. That's, that's pretty good. 30 homers, 109 runs, 103 RBI, 17 steals, 296 batting average. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely a power hitter now. He's on, I yeah. think, a 33 homer pace for this Okay, season. so pause right there. He's definitely a power hitter now. So that's the thing with Bregman. By the way, Chris said those top three are, are tough to crack. And in case you're confused, you might not yeah. be thinking Manny Machado. He's the third. Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, those are your three. Elite third baseman, and Alex Bregman's been up there. But Scott's got him ranked ahead of Chris Bryant. Heath has Chris Bryant fourth and Bregman fifth. Um I don't know, you know, he's been out, so I don't know, his, his rankings haven't been updated in eight days. Uh, that's the thing, okay, Bregman, look, great plate discipline, he'll steal some bases. He hasn't been a big power hitter until the last 24 games he's hit 11 of his 19 home runs. So I guess the question is like, are, you know, baseball's tough, you could change your evaluation on players so many times throughout the season, the season is so long. Do you buy the power, or are we just catching Alex Bregman in the best stretch of his career. Yes. So you buy the power. I know it <laughs> no. is the best stretch of his career, but you buy it that he's going to be a home yeah, run. Yeah, I mean, he has the best hard hit rate of his career. Um, he has increased his fly ball, or he's decreased his ground ball rate, I should say, because the fly ball rate is actually pretty much where it was in 2016, but he's hitting a lot more line drives as well. So, or fewer line drives. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could you could argue Alex Bregman's had bad 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 luck this year, and that we haven't necessarily seen his best yet. So by saying I don't think he's going to finish top three when he's been better than top three so far, and Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado have been as good as we want them to be, I'm kind of acknowledging there will be some power regression. Um, I don't, or, or, or maybe I'm just undervaluing it, <laughs> like. If there's a chance his batting average improves from here and he does legitimately hit 30 home runs this season, then I think there's a good chance he does finish ahead of those two. Yeah, so it's nice that Bregman is batting at the top of the order because last year he played 155 games and he had, let's see, like about 160 combined runs and RBIs. So far this year he has 120 in you know, a little bit more than half of a season. So he, he, the counting stats are much better. So that was, uh, the first question from, from Matt about top three third base from the rest of the season. One to ten, the likelihood that he's a top 15 pick in 2019. Bregman is a top 15 pick in 2019. Well, <laughs> I yeah. just projected the first two rounds for next year. On CBSSports.com slash On CBSSports.com. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm opening it up now to, figure, to remember 21st exactly where 21st overall. It's 21st overall. So just outside of that. However, within the context, within, within the text, I said he could be, he, he, you could slot him ahead of Trey Turner in a points league, which would be 13. So in a points league, I think you could make the case he's top 15 overall. Next year, I'd, I'd give it like an eight on the bregometer. So, uh, so you don't have Stanton in your top twenty-four, right? Right. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, insane. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tease that for tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to look at that top twenty-four, the first two well, rounds. I, I, I won't be on. Tomorrow. No, come on. Why not? Without me. Come on. Because I'm, I'm taking some time off. It's the All Star break. Oh wow! All right, then let's. 
Oh, I really wanted to talk about that. You're all star breaking his heart, Adam. I'm so, Scott. Yeah. Sorry. All right, you know what? We'll make some time for it later today. Okay. Garrett Cole is on the bereavement list. Avi Garcia is on the DL with a hamstring injury, but could be back shortly after the All Star break. Tommy Pham sat with an ankle issue. Shinsu Chu has now reached base in 48 straight games. That is tied for the longest streak since 2007. Do you guys think that we will be starting Shinsu Chu rest of season? Until he gets hurt. Or <laughs> maybe traded. You know, possibly into a platoon role. I don't know. Okay. I can't imagine he'd get traded into a platoon role. He's an all-star and has been a top 10 outfielder this year. Would you rather have Shinsu Chu or Ronald Acuna? Hmm. I would rather have Acuna, but that's, that, like, the Shins, where to rank Shinsu Chu has been a topic of great distress for me throughout this season. Because like I said, he's been top 10. Uh, but, like, he's old and hadn't been anywhere close to that for a couple years. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's obviously gone on more than half a season now. But there's still, like, some underlying distrust within me. Okay, yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, the Yankees are looking at Jay Happ. The Red Sox have checked in on Manny Machado. Sean Doolittle's on the DL. Not expected to be a long-term thing, but Kelvin Herrera will fill in as the closer for now. Noah Syndergaard is supposed to start on Friday against the Nationals. I don't know if that's been officially decided, but that's the word. The Royals, they had a huge outbreak yesterday. They scored more than five runs <laughs> since June 4th. It has been more than a month that the Royals have scored more than five runs. In their last 30 games before yesterday, the Royals had averaged 2.3 runs per game. Yikes. Uh, here's That's an amazing. interesting trade note. Derek Dietrich is on the block. He, both last year and this year, much better road numbers than home numbers. And he's actually having a pretty good year. Should we pick mm -hmm. up Derek Dietrich now? Before it's too late! No, because that seems like the the exact kind of guy who actually would be traded into a platoon role or a, a part-time role. You know, I, I think the Brewers were mentioned as a possible option for him. I'm not sure who. Uh, there was another team I can't remember, but, like, he's probably not going to play every day in Milwaukee. He doesn't play every day now, Derek Dietrich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe a daily league. Those guys are more valuable. Keep an eye on Dietrich. Marwin Gonzalez day-to-day -day with arm bruises. Felix Hernandez on the DL with lower back stiffness. There's no timetable for Dustin Pedroia's return. As Drupal Cabrera left with an injury, but he is expected to play today. And Derek Holland, I was like, why did Derek Holland start yesterday? They pushed back Johnny Cueto. They gave him an extra day of rest. Ian Kennedy left with an oblique injury and will have an MRI, but that awesome Royals offense bailed him out yesterday. Chris Bryan is expected back today, and Garrett Richards left with forearm irritation, and he's going to have an MRI. Guys, I want to give you a few players who are widely available. Eric Lauer was one of them. Thanks, Chris, for stealing that. Uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me if they're under owned. Couple guys, couple steel sources. Kevin Kiermeyer, 24% owned. Albert, mm -hmm. Adalberto, excuse me, Adalberto Mondesi of those hot hitting Royals, 12% owned. Kiermeyer, 24%. Mondesi, 12%. Are they under owned, guys? I feel like Kiermeyer should be owned in every five outfielder rotisserie league. Just. I mean, he's only played 30 games this year, so you really can't grade him on those numbers. Nonetheless, he has six steals. And what he did the previous two seasons, just based on that, he values steals at all. Um, you know, not, not that he was a huge steals guy, but a, a good steals total with a pretty good power total. 
Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to own him in those leagues. And Kiermaier's a leadoff hitter, which is nice. Chris, in which type of league would you consider owning Adalberto Mondesi? Uh, AL only, deeper categories based leagues. I don't think he has any value in points leagues, but he might be a steel specialist. Andrew Kashner is actually pitching pretty well. He gave up five runs, but he gave up three runs through six and then two more in the seventh. Um, he struck out seven Yankees, three straight quality starts before yesterday. He's 14% owned. Any interest in Kashner? 14% no. seems too high. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So before we get to worryometer and all that, uh, we've got fringy starting pitchers to talk about. Tell me who you want from this list. Tyler Anderson, Marcus Stroman. They are oh, and Yulisha Seen. They're the most owned of this group. Anderson, Stroman, Hellickson, Musgrove, Shasin, Mike Leak, Tyler Anderson, Marcus Stroman, Hellickson, Musgrove, Shasin, and Mike Leak. Did I say anyone that's like, oh, I gotta have that guy? Well, Adam, if you had let me chime in on standouts from yesterday. My standout Sorry. would have been Tyler Anderson. Sorry. Who had a, another very good start. Eight strikeouts in six innings against the Diamondbacks. And it was another home start. Now he's, he's struck out eight or more in four straight. And three of those have been at home. And while he didn't get a ton of swinging strikes yesterday, that number has been generally up for him recently. Like he's, he's become, He's always been a soft contact guy, which is what has helped him be a, a competent pitcher despite playing half his games at Coors Field. But suddenly he's getting, suddenly he's becoming like this bat misser. I think it's very interesting. I, he's already close to 80% owned because it was, uh, two starts. Uh, yeah. Or I guess it wasn't a two start. Yeah, week yeah two starts. He's got uh, Seattle this weekend. Tyler okay, Anderson. yeah, yesterday was Tuesday, not Wednesday. Sorry. Come on, confused. Scott but, White. Yeah. He's, he's already he's already highly owned because it's two star week, but I think there's a very good chance you'll want to hold on to him beyond this. He's Tyler um, Anderson. it's hard to exactly pinpoint what's gone on during this stretch, but I think of his last six starts, all six of them have been among his seven most cutter heavy uh, starts of the season. He's throwing it right around thirty percent of the time during that stretch, so. That could be an explanation. It hasn't been like a killer pitch for him, but it does have, you know, a decent whiff rate. So that that could be the explanation. Would you rather have Tyler Anderson or Kevin Gosman? I guess Anderson right now. Yeah, I was I was gonna say Gosman still, but Anderson has moved into like my top eighty starting pitchers, which I know doesn't sound like a high number, but there are a lot of pitchers owned in every fantasy league. And number eighty-one for you, Scott, is Joe Musgrove. So who's second on the list? If Anderson is one, we have Stroman, Hellickson, Musgrove, Chassine, and Mike Leak. It was Musgrove. It, it is Musgrove. I think you can make the case this was his best start this season. And, you know, obviously between a couple DL stints, he hasn't made many starts. But he's made eight, and five of them have been really good. Well, why him over Stroman? Why Musgrove over Stroman? Because I overlook Stroman. <laughs> yeah, Stroman. Yeah, I assume that's I what you want most of all these pitchers. Yeah. You like Stroman better than Tyler Anderson? Better, better than Tyler. Oh, okay, Anderson, yes. okay. Well, I think you could make the case against Stroman in a roto league, because like we always say, he's not going to help you in strikeouts. He's uh, probably not going to help you in whip. I don't even know that I want to start him this weekend at Boston. I'll start him in most matchups, but I'm not sure about that one. Um, fair. 
Yeah, but yeah. he's seventy one percent owned and he's a really, really good points league pitcher. A lot of innings, quality starts, good stuff there. Okay. The other guys play the matchups, and Hellickson <laughs> never goes six innings. And quickly in the bullpen, Ken Giles gave up three runs without recording an out. You know, look, I know the Astros, they're a fairly well managed organization. They've had some some decent success lately. Just take my advice and just use just make Ken Giles your closer and never use him in anything but a save situation. And that's all you have to do. <laughs> However, I think he's basically taking himself out of consideration for that. Uh Rondone is fifty three percent owned, I think. Do we need to get him like right now? He technically blew the save yesterday, but he was trying to clean up Giles' mess. Right. And uh he's he's recorded like all but one or two of the Astros saves since May. Yeah. I mean he's their closer. And he and Closer for a first-place team should obviously be owned in more leagues than that. And by the way, his numbers aren't bad, apart from the fact that he's getting saves. Right, and pretty I, decent I don't think Giles has given up a run in a save situation yet this year. But every time he pitches in a non-save situation, even 4 nothing in the ninth inning, it's just so funny. He's so bad when he's not in a save situation. Save situations, uh, oh, come on. I just had it. He... You know what? Who cares, right? Same situation. Yes, zero ERA. Okay, 820 ERA otherwise. <laughs> All right, so we're almost at the worryometer. Let's get to a segment that we started yesterday. I got three more names. Chris, I'll start with you. Too good to drop. Are these players too good to drop? We talked about a whole bunch of players. We decided, now nah, I'm okay dropping Adrian Beltre if I have to. But no, I don't really want to drop Chris Taylor. What about these three? Daniel Murphy. Chris. Uh, no, I'm not dropping Daniel Murphy. I want to give him a chance to, uh, to really get healthy and maybe he never will. Uh, and that would be unfortunate, but I think or the upside yesterday. is, uh, yeah, I think the upside is still never striking out. Yeah. Four hits yesterday, but batting 250, he has, he has scored, uh, five runs in 24 games. Doesn't play every day, but it's too early. Too early to drop Daniel Murphy, 98% owned. How about uh, Jose Martinez, who is a top 12 first baseman. He had one stretch. He hit five home runs in nine games not long ago. Since then, he has a 650 OPS in 23 games. Jose Mar- I mean, oh, he's a confusing player, Jose Martinez. Is he too good to drop? He's 98% owned. <laughs> well, we talked about this on Monday, that he's not necessarily an everyday player anymore um and this was my concern with him even early on in the season when he was really hot and hitting the ball well is he is such a bad defender and such a bad base runner that unless he's like 35 percent better than a league average hitter he's it, it might not be easy to keep him in the lineup every day and that might be what we're seeing is that he's just slowed down just enough that he's not doing enough to make up for where he hurts the Cardinals. Now, for fantasy, yeah. we don't care about defense. But he hasn't, he started five of the last eight games. Oh, and wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that him not being an everyday player has only been going on for like a little over a week. Uh, obviously it's a problem. You can't start him while that's going on, but I think it's premature to drop him. Like that could change at the drop of the hat. He, he had been terrible for like a month straight. Last two games, three hits each. Like, he gets hot again, maybe this Jerko thing goes away. Okay, so this is Jose Martinez we're talking about. Jerko happens to be hot right now, but, you know, we, we pretty much know who Jed Jerko is. 
So you wouldn't drop Jose Martinez for Steven Piscotti? No. Yeah. No. Alrighty. And last guy, too good to drop. Ronald Acuna. Hasn't really been that good. Is he too good to drop though, Ronald Acuna? Yeah. He needs to get better for me to say that all season long. But it's there he's shown enough flashes and, and obviously gets a pass for this these first couple weeks of back from the DL. I think you gotta let it play out a little longer. Okay, Ronald Acuna. We're keeping our eye on you, buddy. Who's ready to get worried? Worry I'm at a Wednesday. Ooh. Can't wait. Some pretty high My end players. You don't like the worryometer, Scott? I don't. I don't like worry in general. Like, why invite worry into your life, Adam? Don't worry, be happy. These fantasy owners. I feel like know. Scott doesn't really like these little meters that you put together. Well, then we need. I <laughs> think you're like, always like, I don't really want to do this one. <laughs> well, for every single one, we need the Scottometer then. Like, I don't know what the hell that is, but the Scottometer <laughs> needs to exist. Uh, uh, all right, picking arbitrary numbers. Worryometer somehow makes sense. Wait, well, the other thing that we do with the, it's like, don't overthink it. Just, just, you know, how we're, so if you're on nobody's a- Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna string you up in the town square because you gave Clayton Kershaw a four instead of a two. Well, well the, it's a fun what little game that le- that allows us to discuss different players that we might not normally discuss <laughs> you, within Chris. the context of the show. Just play yeah. along with the game, Adam. No, I've done that. I mean, now. and then you get Heath, like, Heath just basically picks ten or one for everybody, you know? Uh, because he, Heath, you don't get the game, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start it. Worryometer for Clayton Kershaw. Lowest strikeout rates in 2013. Lowest swinging strike rates in 2010. Career high hard contact rate, just like everyone else in baseball. Also a very, very low soft contact rate. And look, he got a 261 ERA. Worryometer for Clayton Kershaw. Ten. <laughs> don't worry, it doesn't matter. Um. It's like a seven or eight, probably though. He's not right. like bold face Clayton Kershaw who stands above the the rest of the mortals. He's he's a normal. He looks like a normal, extremely good pitcher, rather than you know maybe the greatest pitcher of all time. It's been a two year trend. Like he does seem to be declining here, and obviously there are health concerns built in there. He's he is not in the first two round when I did. You know, projecting the first two rounds for next year, he's not in that. He's outside of it. It's like a third rounder. Right. So, rest of season, would you rather have Degrom or Kershaw? Degrom. Yeah, I think Degrom. Bumgarner or Kershaw? Oh, Kershaw. Kershaw. Uh, Cole or Kershaw? Cole. I will take Kershaw. Oh, all right. Worryometer four. Jose Abreu. So all this, all the notes, all the research I did basically was yesterday before the games. And only one of these guys had a good game yesterday. It was Travis Shaw, who actually did give updated info on. But as of yesterday, Jose Abreu was the number 14 first baseman in points, but number 21 in Roto. Why the discrepancy? Well, he's having a really good doubles year. He has 27 doubles. Um, I don't know. That's the guy. That's got to be it. But 259 with 12 home runs. And it's starting to kind of look like his 2016 season when he was the number 10 first baseman in points, number 13 in Roto. He hit 293 with 25 homers. Last year was a much better year. He hit 304 with 33 homers and was a top five first baseman. What's your worryometer on Jose Abreu? It's like a 
two. Three, maybe. Yeah, it's low. It, the thing about that 2016 season is he was just lagging in home runs for so long and then came roaring back toward the end. Didn't quite make it all the way back to the 30 homer standard we're used to seeing. But the underlying numbers made him look like normal Jose Abreu all year. He just needed to get more of those free hits that are sailing over the fence. And I feel like he's in the same spot this year. It's not like he's striking out a lot more. Um, you know, he's had some bad Babbitt luck, but the biggest thing is just the home run to fly ball rate is down. If he had 23 doubles and 16 home runs, we're probably not talking about him. You know, he's really cold right now. I mean, the batting average stands out because he, he hits 290 every year and he's batting 259, but in his last 31 games, Abreu is batting 233 with a 521 OPS. I think that Abreu is a great by low candidate. Agree? Agreed. Yep. yep. Anthony. Same with the next guy. Uh, last thing though about Abreu though is that he, he, Runs and RBIs could be tough for him. He has 50 RBIs, so that's good. But 42 runs, I guess it's, it's okay. Um, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, like, he, I'm assuming he's going to be pretty low on the worryometer. He's been even worse than Abreu. Slightly better in points, but a little bit worse in, in Roto. 13th in points, 25th in Roto for Rizzo. Uh, he's got a 615 OPS in his last 29 games. That was before yesterday. The only thing that really concerns me, he's batting 213 with a 293 slugging against lefties. So, you know, like, I don't know if that's a new issue. It, it hasn't been an issue in Rizzo's past, really. He's having a terrible year against lefties. Bryce Harper's can't, is hitting into the shift. Maybe Rizzo's doing the same thing. Like, there are lefty power hitters who are really struggling against left-handed pitching, and I'm wondering if, if this is an actual thing and not just a blip. What's your worryometer on Rizzo? It's probably like a three also. It's a one for me. I just... There's too much consistency in his past. Okay. All right. Eric Hosmer. Worryometer on Hosmer. <laughs> Eric Hosmer, I believe, I believe I saw this, I believe he has a negative launch angle on average this season. <laughs> that's uh, that's not good. No. Now, let me tell you where Hosmer's finished at first base the last three years. He always alternates, right? Seventh, twelfth, sixth. At first base, last three years, and yet I never really feel like well, he's he, that impactful. But last year was very good, three eighteen with twenty five homers. It's like we mentioned with Stephen Piscotty, where Stephen Piscotty played one hundred and fifty three games, and that explains at least some of why he's uh why he ranks so high in, in twenty sixteen. Hosmer never misses time. That is a that is a feather in his cap. He has played less than one hundred and fifty nine games or one hundred and fifty eight games once in his last five seasons. He's on pace to play, I think, every game for the Padres this season. But he's still frustrating Eric Hosmer. 61% ground ball rate, which is the highest of his career, and he was always an extreme ground ball hitter. Still hitting the ball hard. Still has a 20% mm. home run to fly ball rate. Still has a 38% hard contact rate. When he does hit the ball not on the ground, good things tend to happen. He just stubbornly refuses. He's kind of a throwback since he's not part of this fly ball revolution. Like, there, his, his, his status is so dependent on what his BABIP ends up being, and because he's not somebody that they can really shift on, his BABIP is kind of all over the place. And and so that's why we see these inconsistencies from year to year. There are some years where he hits for a great average like last year, and he ends up being a fine fantasy option, but so far this hasn't been that year. He just can't—Eric Hosmer cannot string together two good seasons in a row. And earlier this year— 
he had played a lot more home games than road games. And, you know, it was like, well, he's been good on the road, but now he's actually been better at home. Uh, forget about worry. Like, can you drop Eric Hosmer? In a yeah. shallower league, I think so. Yeah. Right. Like a, not one, a not one that offers like, that has like corner infield spots to fill. I don't think you can do it in Right. That He'll probably be pretty, still pretty valuable there. Um, all right. Travis Shaw. He did homer yesterday and he stole his first base, but he is batting 242 and Travis Shaw is batting 217 against lefties with no home runs and 69 at bats. The good news is the Brewers have the fewest at bats against lefties so far this year. I, I mean, I guess that's good news, but he's been terrible against them. And he's usually, you know, he's usually fine against lefties. So, worryometer on Travis Shaw. Yeah, it's such a small sample against lefties that it's hard to make much of it, especially since his track record's okay. I think the biggest thing with Travis Shaw is he has a 248 Babbitt. And his, like, his fly ball rate is actually what, exactly what you want to see, to see it to be for a power hitter. So you're, you're not really worried about the power. And the Babbitt is so low that you feel like correction's happening with the batting average. The plate discipline's been awesome. Worryometer, worryometer, uh, worryometer. It's like another three for me. I, I will say he has he is hitting more infield fly balls than ever, thirteen point five percent. That's much higher than it was the last couple of years. His soft contact rate is much higher than it was last year. So there are warning signs in his batted ball profile, but I'll still say a four. Do you want to buy low on Travis Shaw? I do. I, Depends how low. I think he's also <laughs> been dealing with some injuries, which was a problem for him last year. He like fouled the ball he, off his foot and it tanked his season. He's been Dealing with a wrist issue for a couple of weeks. Would you rather have Travis Shaw or the next guy on this list, Mike Moustakis? Travis Shaw. Would you rather have Travis Shaw or Max Muncie? Max Muncie. Max Muncie. How worried are you about Mike Moustakis? First 38 games, he had a 904 OPS. Last 48 games entering yesterday, he has, he is batting 210 with seven home runs. And he is again struggling against lefties. Uh, how worried are you? Worryometer on Mustakas. I'll, I'll put it at like a five. My biggest concern for him isn't so much that, you know, he's, he's kind of on a cold stretch right now, but that there's nothing around him, right? You just talked about how few runs the, the Royals are scoring. And since he's a guy who doesn't generally have a high OBP, he kind of, he kind of needs the, the run and RBI padding to be a real standout in fantasy. The reason it's only a five is because he's probably getting traded. And so that's right. probably going to change. He's almost certainly getting traded to a more favorable park. And uh I think he's still a top 12 third baseman. Okay, and he has been. That's the crazy thing. He has been. He's 11th. Moustakas is 11th in points, 10th in Roto. Uh Finally, Marcelo Zuna. Chris, when you filled in for me and you hosted, was that yeah. last week or two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, things have gotten worse for Ozuna since then. In the last 28 days, he's batting 253. He's slugging 374. He has 10 home runs and 9 doubles all year in 86 games. His slugging percentage is under 400. Worryometer on Marcelo Ozuna. He's just been so hot and cold this season because he did have like a 30-game stretch where he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Worryometer, worryometer. 5.7. Yeah, that's a 5. That's a five. It's not just the home runs that are down. The doubles are way down too. Like there's been, been an absence of power that's concerning. Would you rather have Marcelo Zuna or Ronald Acuna? Ozuna. Yeah. But I am, I'm moving I mean, Ozuna down more aggressively than I have all year. Ozuna or, 
who was that other guy we talked about? Will Myers. <laughs> yeah. Will Myers or Marcelo Zuna. I think I could go with Will Myers now that he's healthy. I'm sure I still have Ozuna ranked ahead, but it's a thin, thin margin now. I think, you know, you take probably Myers and Roto in points, but his, like, Ozuna's plate discipline has been so bad. You know, I mean, he's just not having a good year. Alright, new segment. Chris makes people mad on Twitter. It's yep. only, it's only a new segment. I mean, it, it happens all the time, but it's never been in the show. Every day. <laughs> Uh, alright, Chris. Jameson Tyone versus Jose Barrios. It just- Oh, I thought we were talking about The Last Jedi. No, no. Did you make people mad about that too? Uh, he, I, I know. No, I folks, that just, water myself. folks just want to be mad about that movie. Yeah. It's not it's, good? Uh, it's, no, solid. it's very good. I, I watched it, uh, I watched it last week finally and gave my six month old take on it. Very entertaining. Okay. I enjoyed it. Immensely. And then I got, I got the same barrage of but you didn't think, you didn't think this minute detail ruined the entire legacy? <laughs> no, I didn't. All right, uh, Chris. Yeah. I, hey, all you gotta up? do is read the notes. Uh huh. I put in there all that you need to know about why Jamison Tyone should not be compared uh-huh. to Jose Barrios. Uh huh. But yeah. I'll let you compare them nonetheless. Why? Because you I don't think, know what you're referring to. Well, don't. What are you? What is your thoughts on Jose Barrios versus Jamison Tyone? I think Jameson Tyone is a, is a more talented pitcher than Jose Barrios. I like the things he does more than I like the things Jose Barrios does. I like the skill set more. Jose Barrios results have unquestionably been better, but he's been lucky this year. Who would you rather own? I would rather own Jose Barrios. Okay. But both are rightly universally owned. And Barrios is the number 14 pitcher. In fantasy, Tyone is yep. number fifty-one. Yep, that's close. Razors. And what's what's the argument for he's been lucky this year, other than the fact that his FIP's a little higher than his ERA? Well, that. I mean, he's been an elite control pitcher. Yeah. He's been he's become an elite bat mister, uh-huh. apart from a three start stretch. Uh, he has, I think, twenty-one more innings than Tyone. Jose Barrios is not on one Jose Barrios is not on trial here, guys. Yeah, but I think Jose you're missing Barrios the I think good. you're missing the breakout because Barrios the the big difference. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Okay, that's yeah. no. Okay, no. Yes, <laughs> he has a three forty one ERA and a three seventy eight fit. You look he at the, is good. You look at the we game. We talk log. about we hold on. All right. We talk about this guy like he is Walter Johnson reincarnate. That's what we do. And I, like uh-huh. he's pretty good. The yeah, peripherals he just say pretty good. The peripherals say he's pretty good. He's well, pretty so good. so I guess it really depends on what you make of that like three start stretch where Barrios was awful. If it was just a weird well, kind of thing, then you know, other than that, because he has so many great starts, no, and he has ten no. starts. Hold on one sec. He has ten starts of seven or more innings. That's the big difference between Barrios and Tyone. Yes. The Pirates don't Absolutely. trust Tyone to get through the third. The order Tyone time. is not as good of a fantasy pitcher as Jose Barrios. That is nobody's talking about that. But yeah, I know. But but the, but the reason why he's not as good of an actual pitcher is because he struggles sure. big time, third time yeah, through the I, order. Look, look at him. And Barrios is going deep into games. Look at him. Look at him. I was making people mad on Twitter. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> well, but well, the but I do want to be made. clear that the way we talk about Jose Barrios has not matched the way he's actually pitched in his major league career. Oh, but no, oh that was the other thing. Fuck. That that's why you made we me mad on Twitter. About, we, that's we why we talk about him. And, and this is what you did. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I just, we, 
That's what Jose Brios, the idea has been better than Jose Brios, the actual pitcher. And we do this thing where we say, well, the bad starts. Well, we'll just not talk about that. And it's like, no, the bad starts happened. He has had more starts than your typical, like his numbers are pretty comparable to Aaron Null. But Jose Brios has had five starts with three or fewer strikeouts. That, like, we, we tend to not talk about these weird stretches. Like, Jose Brios is very good. I just think he's good in, like, 25th best pitcher in baseball, not 15th. Okay. That's so, all. The, yeah, that's cool. I get that. It, um, the only thing I would say is that I don't, I don't really care. Like, if you're going to say look at his entire career, then I think you should probably do that with Luis Severino. And look at Luis Severino's second season where he was so bad that he got demoted to the bullpen. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. I think as soon as Jose Brios has a season as good as Luis Severino's last year and not a month, we can we can make that comparison. I'm just saying for a young pitcher that hasn't had that many years in the big leagues, I don't think it makes sense to right. look at all of his career because obviously, you know, he's going to go through some rough stretches at the beginning of his career. I'm just looking at this year. And I don't know how like and I don't know how you could make the argument that he hasn't taken a dramatic leap forward this year. I mean, I was I was team well I was team Jose Barrios. I was team like Jose Barrios is overrated coming into the season, and I've obviously had to eat that because he's. Been Look, awesome. I was, I was, yeah, I All thought right. he was overrated. Go but ahead, Chris. He also had a 384 FIP last season and a 378 FIP this season. Yeah, I think he's better than yeah, that. I really do. I like his I swinging know, strike rate is I way know up. You think he's better than that? What? <laughs> I know we do think he's better than that. His walk rate is way down. He's pitching deep into games consistently. He's very good. You do not have to sell me on Jose Barrios being good. But we have to sell you on the breakout because you're not buying it. Yeah. All right. He's good. All right. Well, here's another breakout. Tell me if you're buying this one. David Peralta. David Peralta is the number 17 outfielder in points, number 21 in Roto. He homered at Coors Field yesterday. He's one away from his career high, 17 home runs. Peralta's batting 290. And now he has sat against two of the last three lefties, but was mostly starting against them before that. Are we buying this David Peralta breakout? Uh, not really. It's, it's surprising he's hit for this much power because he doesn't, he hasn't been elevating the ball very well. He has a high hard contact rate, so maybe that explains it. But I don't think, I don't think that alone is enough for me to trust that he's going to continue this career-high home run pace. Uh, the fact he's playing every day, I mean, it makes him more valuable than I thought he'd be coming into the season, but I, I don't think he's quite as good as he has been. Okay. Peralta or Ozuna? Ozuna. Yeah. Peralta or Mazzara? Mazzara. Just uh, to con- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Michael Peralta. Just to continue, Peralta, Ozuna, Mazzara, guys whose last name end with A... Peralta or Gerardo Parra? Peralta. <laughs> uh, Jake Peralta. All right. Michael Franco, Rugnet Odor. They've been doing some good things lately. They're owned in about half our leagues. Do you want to get Michael Franco or Rugnet Odor in your did life? Did you mean to say Jake Peralta just then? Yeah, I did. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want Michael Franco or Rugnet Odor? I'm more interested in Rugnet Odor than Michael Franco for sure. Yeah. And I like it's not like either of them is must add. It would have to be like the standard roto lineup league where you have all those hitter spots to fill that I think I'd 
be excited enough to make a play for Odor right now. Rest of season, Moncada or Odor? I'll go with Moncada. Yeah, and yeah, I think so. Okay. Two down. Teoscar Hernandez, 68% owned. He has a 608 OPS in his last 18 games. Before that, he had an 869 OPS in 54 games, so he's been cold. Uh, what do you think about Teoscar Hernandez's ownership percentage at 68%? I guess it's a little high because he's cold right now. I, I like the skill set. I just, he's not polished. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, three outfield the league, he's pretty streamable probably. Um, and then I was going to talk about Michael Brantley. Since June 1st, he is the 40th best outfielder in points, 69th in Roto. And nice. he is batting <laughs> 261 with two home runs. Like, is he going, is Michael Brantley going to excel in anything other than batting average? No. Well, maybe runs. Right. But maybe probably runs. not. He's, he, his strength is his ability to put the bat right there on that ball. <laughs> Yeah, but like he's, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of a Trey Turner argument where Trey Turner isn't going to excel at anything but stolen bases, but he's pretty good at everything, you know? Yeah. And like there's, there's enough power there from, um, Brantley and he's so good at putting on the bat on the ball, like Chris said, that uh, you get that extra bonus in points leagues of not losing points from strikeouts, which is a big deal. I think he's still good, even though he's been cold. All right, Michael Brantley. Rotation from yesterday. Uh, Corbin, bad start at Colorado. We'll forgive him. Trevor Bauer deserved a win, but the Indians gave up seven runs and called on the wrong relief pitcher in the ninth inning. Uh, Miles Michaelis was good at the White Sox, so those guys are boring. Okay, how about there, this? Can, yeah, one. Pi- there's one pitcher I really want to talk about. Oh, okay, go ahead. Julio Tehran. Yeah, he's in, he's, he's in this segment. Go ahead. He's done some confounding things here recently. Yesterday, I mean, the line was fine. One and run, six and two-thirds innings, five strikeouts against the Blue Jays. 22 swinging strikes. And that's a trick he's done a lot recently. Three of his past five starts, 16 or more swinging strikes. His velocity has been up a couple miles per hour during that five-start stretch. And yet the, the, the overall results aren't great there's been a couple of really bad starts in there but like there's there's some interesting signs here from Tehran that make me reluctant to give up on him despite uh, having a very high ERA this year like he's he's showing stuff that he hasn't shown in a couple years and that makes me wonder if there's more than meets the eye Oh, he's a transformer Julio Tehran all right no I like his guy so <laughs> some of the same things uh, he had two terrible starts in his five-start stretch, one against Baltimore, one at the Yankees. Uh, the other guys that I wanted to talk about, how would you rank the following four pitchers? Manaya, Quintana, Tanaka, Rich Hilla. Manaya, Quintana, Tanaka, Rich Hill. How would you rank them? Chris Towers. Quintana, Tanaka, Hill, Manaya. Oh, really? Mr. Manaya? Is now slotting him behind Richard Hill. Interesting. Yeah, Rich very Hill's healthy for for the moment. For the Rich moment, Hill, Rich Hill's very good when he's healthy. Can I say that? I'm, I'm th- assuming this is a rest of season ranking where we're not trusting Hill to be healthy, though, right? Yeah, that's I the mean, problem, right? I mean, because I'll tell you, I'm this. not dro- I'm not dropping any of them. I'll tell you this. Yeah, Rich Hill 
when all four of them pitch, Manaya, Quintana, Tanaka, and Hill, I expect Rich Hill to be the best. I, I feel like you guys would agree with that. Yeah. Provided, provided he makes it through the given start that we are talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, which, and, is the, and, which is the problem with Rich Hill. And giving them equal innings. And to be clear, I, I did actually recently drop Rich Hill, but I had to. But I'm not giving them equal <laughs> innings, Scott, because Quintana, like you've pointed out, does not pitch more than six innings and he has, has an 11-29 ERA third time through the order. Yeah, he hasn't been this year. Right. I, I am not looking at Quintana anymore as like this buy low who's going to be really good for my team. Neither am I. I've, I've struggled with how far to move him down the rankings. Like guys like him and and uh, and Dallas Keuchel and Tanaka even. Um, like how much does the trust that they've built up in past years outweigh what somebody like like a like a Miles Michaelis, uh, Rick Porcello, um. Even like a Mike Fultonevich, what they're, what they've actually done this year. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're kind of slotted in the middle of that group for me. Alright guys, I'm very happy with your performance so far today. We've gotten to a lot of things. We've talked about a lot of important players. Now, we run to the police station and we, I love this song. It's such a great song. It's such a great song. This, this part right An incredible here. song. Right? It's so great. Uh, we're gonna grade some trades. Alright, let's do this kind of fast. From Seth. Dear Ron, Tammy, and Tom. Is that Parks and Rec? I think so. Grade the trade in a road, in a dynasty roto league. Scherzer and Winker. Scherzer and Winker. For Kyle Hendricks and Manny Machado. Scherzer and Winker for Hendricks and Machado. I think that is an A. Good job. Uh, I think that's, really? I think that's like a D. Why? You're getting Machado. Mm, you know what? I, like, I guess Scherzer, it, Scherzer and Machado are about equals for me, so I'll give it. I'll but give not it in not in Dynasty. <sighs> like you have <laughs> Scott Bale's sorry, that's a te- thing. That's a zero on the Scotto meter. Scherzer's nine years older than next, Machado. Next, I think? next, next, next. From you Aaron, wonder why guys. I don't like these little games. Come up with <laughs> next one. <laughs> next one. Hush, hush, hush. From Aaron. Uh, 12-team points league. Give up Verlander. Get Goldschmidt and Bieber. Verlander for Goldschmidt and Bieber. Bieber. <laughs> I'll give that a B-. From Ryan. Give Upton. Get Donaldson. 14-team league. B. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go D+. It's Melvin Upton for Donaldson. A. Just kidding. Uh, from Paul. <laughs> Give up Daniel Murphy and Jose Abreu in a 5x5 five five roto. Murphy and Abreu for Blackman. Hot take. This is an A. Whoa. Yeah. That is hot. I'll go B. All right. It's a good trade one one way or the other. From David. Dynasty League, Scott. Dynasty League. Give up. Dynasty. Give up Cindergard, Willie Calhoun, and Ooh. Eloy Jimenez. For Mike Trout, Cindergard, Calhoun, and Jimenez in a dynasty league for Michael Trout. It would depend a lot on the exact rules here, but assuming you're keeping all these players like it on equal terms, like they're just filling keeper spots, there's not like discounts applied to some versus others. Uh, I will give this a uh, a B plus. Chrissy. Chris yeah. Cole. All right. 
Sorry for calling you Chrissy. From Matt. Grade the trade in an AL only league. Eight team AL only. Segura and Springer for Aaron Judge. That's an F. Segura F? and Springer for yeah. Judge. That's way too much. I'm not, I mean, Judge is better than Springer, but there's not a Gene Segura sized gap between them. Listen. Agreed. People are bailing and, on George Springer. It's a mistake. Yes. Oh yeah. By Big Springer. Mistake. Uh, and and I'll add that this is an because this is an AL only team. Just the fact that you're giving up two right giving like, up two starting caliber players plus starters is a huge deal because you don't find those guys on waivers. Grade the trade from Matt, Jose, Yoan, and Matt. I, famous Moncadas. <laughs> Ten team categories league, thirty uh, man roster. Give Snell and Encarnacion. Get Verlander and Carlos Santana. Snell and Encarnacion for Verlander and Santana. It is an OBP league. Yeah, I still think that's like a D. Oh, really? I think Verlander's a, an upgrade over Blake Snell, but mm-hmm. I think Edwin Encarnacion's quite a bit better than Carlos Santana, even in OBP. Ah, I don't know if I agree. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree either. I will go. I, like I will go B. I'll go C plus. And from Zach, grade the trade in a six by six roto five outfielder league. Give Stanton, get Snell. D minus. And I love Blake Snell. C minus. But he's got he's got a little regression coming. He's not quite this good. And you're not. If we redrafted today, Blake Snell's not going ahead of Giancarlo Stanton. No, he's not. But it wouldn't be a big gap. I think they'd both be third rounders. Maybe Snell drops to the fourth round. I'll go C minus. Like if if you needed pitching more than hitting, I'd have absolutely no problems with you making this deal. Today's matchups. Are we starting Jordan Zimmerman at the Rays against Hunter Wood, who obviously we're not starting, but Jordan Zimmerman. I'm not. Chris is higher on Zimmerman than I am. I'm so maybe he's the one to ask. I'm very interested in what Jordan Zimmerman's doing lately, but I'd, I'd be okay passing. Okay. How about Gio Gonzalez at Trevor Williams? I don't think you can start Gio at this point. I don't think so either. Not right now. How about... Who the heck is this? Uh Oh, sorry. Bur- Birch Smith at Lance <laughs> Lynn. Birch Smith at Lance... Lance Lynn, my one-star streamer of the week! I mean, the, Royal, the Royals are a just absolutely disgusting dumpster of a baseball team. But Lance Lynn's not good. I'd, I'd start Lynn. Yeah, I'd start, he's been good enough. Mike Montgomery and Johnny Cueto. I, I think I can start both Cueto and Montgomery in this one. I think you can make an argument to start both. You can make an argument to start neither. They're both right on the fence there. I'd be more likely to start Cueto than Montgomery. Sonny Gray at Dylan Bundy. <sighs> no. I think no I'd roll with Bundy, even though he was bad off the DL. I think he's just a really good pitcher. Velasquez at DeGrom. DeGrom, for both. sure. I can I, go both. The matchup's really good, but I prefer to wait on Velasquez coming off the DL. Hey, did you hear about that great deal at that store in Boston? There's a cologne sale. There's a cologne uh, no, you, sale. Oh, I get it. They're both pitching tonight. Cologne, no, sale, yes. Freddie Peralta at Dan Straley. I will start Freddie Peralta. Yep. Tyler Malley at Carlos Carrasco. Definitely oh, Carrasco. Carrasco. Uh, I I like what Malley's done recently, but the Indians lineup is I think really good. Uh, I'd I'd lean against it. 
Sam Gavilio at Mike Fultonevich. Fulty. Fulty. Chris Bassett at Lance McCullers. 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 Luke Weaver at Carlos Rodon. My other one-star streamer this week, Weaver at Rodon. Luke Weaver. I think if you have him on your roster, you go ahead and run him out there. And it'll probably backfire and I'll hate him again. But yeah, <laughs> Dems right. the breaks. All right, Shelby Miller at Herman Marquez. No, thank you, please. How about uh, Miguel Gonzalez at Jaime Berea? Uh, nope. Marco, will not start Miguel Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez. We'll start Marco Gonzalez. Oh, okay. Yeah, that changes it. And Kenta Maeda at Joey Lucchese. Maeda for Maeda. sure. Yeah. Uh, Lucchese, it would not surprise me if he had a very good start. But right. probably not starting him in Wesley. Of course, it'll be for like five and a third. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So to recap, we're starting Luke Weaver. We're sitting Joey Lucchese, but Lucchese's going to have a good start and Weaver won't. All predictions. Okay. Good. Very, well, that's good advice. So thank you yeah. to Scott and Chris. Scott, enjoy your all-star break. Thank you, Adam. Chris and I will, I will. carry the load the next couple days. Yeah, you guys will keep working. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you on Thursday. So